Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. It's Friday, December the 23rd. Santa's nearly here. It's nearly time, boys. All excited. Excellent. Hope you are. Now, I'm Tony Haggerty at a Haggerty 10 Twitter handle. You know that. And I'm joined today by the three amigos. are reassembled again. We like the three amigos. Pods are good. <laughs> and I'm joined by Sean Martin at Sean Martin TCW and the GOAT, or as he's known in his daily rounds, Aidan McDonald at Aidan C. McDonald. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing? Not bad, Tony. I don't know how much Aidan liked that yesterday because he was sitting ringside rather than actually getting involved. All the time. <laughs> well, I should be a referee as he used to do. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to win. <laughs> yeah, so we don't know if we're having a debate, a discussion, an argument, whatever. We'll just uh, throw it all in the mix and see what comes out. But people seem to enjoy the hour long format yesterday, which was, uh, yep. yeah, world record stuff. But hey, we were, we were enjoying the chat and enjoying the interaction. Aiden was just keeping order, weren't you, Aiden? Uh, very quiet, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Not like you. You, you. You're usually cold and hard, is that right? You were once oh. described as, you know. So. It's Christmas after all, Tony, do you know what I mean? Indeed, yes, indeed. Right, ladies and gentlemen, just draw your attention to our deal that we've got, the ticker tape running along the bottom. Subscribe to the Celtic Way to support top quality journalism covering the club you love. Get two offers for you, the Merry Christmas deal, the first deal. It's a pound for two months of full access to everything that we write on the, the website. That's a great deal. Or you can enjoy 25% off for a limited time only of the yearly subscription rate, which takes it down to 26 quid. All you have to do, I tell you every day, is hit a button, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. We've got some wonderful stuff already on the website and we'll have more stuff coming up over the festive period. Something for everybody there, guys, is there not? Certainly is, Tony. There's three things up there this morning, actually. Um, I'll put the links to them. The links to them are actually already in the description as well. But there's a piece from Alan Morrison, which is kind of looking at the links between Ange Postecoglou's rotation policy and the injury list, and then how it compares to not only last season, but Ronnie Dyler, Neil Lennon, Brendan Rodgers era as well, which is really interesting. There is Aidan's piece, which is a newsletter from last night. If you subscribe to that, you'll have read this last night. This is an expanded version, which is ranking all 16 of Celtic's late league goals this season. So any goals between the 76th minute and the end of the game. Uh, Aidan's opinion. must say it's Aidan's opinion, this ranking. <laughs> so this isn't any sort of scientific method, although there's a few stats thrown in there as well, aren't there, Aidan? Yeah, there's, um, a few, there's a few HG stats. But yeah, overall, it was just my kind of... Thoughts on what I thought were the best goals that have been scored late on from Celtic in the league this season. So, no, I really enjoyed doing it. But, yes, yeah, it is very much an opinion piece with a few stats thrown in. And uh, <laughs> last but certainly not least, Tony, you spoke to Paul John Dykes of A Celtic State of Mind about a charity single that you've probably yes. heard about that is storming the charts, Tony, storming the iTunes charts and the download yep. charts. And it's all in aid of St Mary's Church in the Carlton, which is Celtic's birthplace. Indeed, and I spoke to Paul Sheridan of the Wakes, who features yep. in the video, who's actually singing the song. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was great to speak to the two of them. were in great form, and lots of details in it. Vibes, yeah. a good, lots of details on the motivation, all that. Yeah, yeah. we emotional tug of the heartstrings. If you want to read that, you'll. Uh, the video's in that article as well, and it's it's yeah. a very good video in the church itself and all that as well. So ah, there's some wonderful yeah. stuff there. So yeah, we just thought we would 
we would uh, highlight that cause, didn't we, Sean? We thought it was a good idea just to and do it properly. And we spoke to yep. two guys, and uh, their their quotes are excellent. You know, you're only as good as the people you interview, and the two of them were terrific speaking about it. So, yep, that's it. I think Sean just put that like there. You want a nice wee, nice wee Christmas read, guys? Have a wee read at that. You'll enjoy it. To be fair. Yep. And on top of that, uh, in, in the link in the description is we're sitting down with the Cano Foundation trustee, Claire Murray. Yes. Uh, I've been meaning to talk up more on this, but we, we keep, I keep forgetting. But it has been on the descriptions, and uh, there's been quite a lot of comments and, and views left on it anyway. Uh, but I just as you were saying, a wee, a wee heart warmer as you come yeah. to Christmas, that, that is similar as well. And there's an interview with her on the, on the website as well. The Cano Foundation kids were back at Parkhead last night as well, I noticed. Uh, brilliant. Uh, Claire was in great form as well. She just seemed so happy. Uh, talking about the Kano Foundation yep. and, what, and what they do, so yeah, it was, it was good to speak to Claire, so cheers Claire for your time as well, we all appreciate it and cheers to the two Pauls for giving up their time to speak to me about the charity single it was, uh, yep. it was a worthwhile exercise I really enjoyed doing it. Now, Aidan the bandwagon rolls on to St Johnston tomorrow Celtic at home, early kickoff, half 12, Christmas Eve where else would you rather be than watching the leather belts play a game. Hopefully, they can stay at least nine points ahead, depending on what happens tonight in Dingwall, uh, obviously. But you know, just hopefully, Celtic maintain that breathing space and daylight gap that they have. But uh, they made a wee bit of a meal of it the other night. Sean made heavy work of it uh, the other night, Aidan. But they got the result in the end. I guess this is important. We like performances, we like results too, but results at this minute in time are, are paramount, aren't they? They are crucial just to try and maintain this nine-point lead at the moment, you know, whether what happens tonight and obviously other game, we don't know. But, yeah, it's an important game for Celtic. It's vital that they obviously keep the points taken over. And, <coughs> excuse me, eh, they'll be also wanting to probably try and improve on the performance. Obviously, results are paramount, Tony, I, I do agree with you, but... And after Andrew's comments uh, <laughs> on the night, the players will be keen to go into the the Christmas period uh, having performed a wee bit better, I would say. But uh, as long as, obviously, they do need to win, that that is the main thing. But I, I think there'll maybe be a wee bit of an extra emphasis from the players to get a bit of a better performance so the manager doesn't uh, put them in every single day over the Christmas period. <laughs> Sean, do you think the Celtic players have had a wee Christmas rollicking? Oh, I do. I, I manager do. after uh, the other night, and bearing in mind his comments saying, "Oh, there'll be changes." <laughs> I don't know if it would have been quite see the see the clip that went viral during the World Cup of, uh, when he was the Australia manager. Yes. yes. Um, I don't think it would have been quite that level. I think it would have been more that scary teacher, quiet voice type thing. <laughs> that's just not. That's just not on, boys. Uh, because as I say, you could tell Joe Hart has just when he came back out to talk, he'd just been getting an earful. Uh, that's been made clear to us and all that kind of stuff. Um, so and he, even his post-match comments later on can I reflect that as well, Joe Hart? I mean, uh, so I the hint at a lot of changes. Uh, as I say, it's got into my head with the, the predicted 11s. I've kind of took an early go at it before we hear him talking, just in case he rules out the Ralph's now or anything. I'll not be publishing that until, until later on the day. But um, I, he's, he's got into my head with that. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't know how many changes he's going to make now. So I've, I've, I've caught like, a deer in the headlights. But uh, in terms of actual gameplay and stuff, Alan Woods puts in a, a comment here saying that the way Andrew was talking the other night, Celtic will be flooding numbers into the box tomorrow now. I would say 
he kind of was expecting him to do that already. And that's that was kind of what he was getting at. Like the support runs from midfield and yeah. the extra bodies in the box weren't getting there or weren't getting there in time, which is which is why he kind of brought it up. So I think they should have been doing that anyway. I think you'll maybe see Alan's maybe right, you'll maybe see an extra effort to get in there um in yeah. Saturday. But Kevin Ferrier's already coming in with a prediction, Tony. So you going seven. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, listen, it's been seven before. So. Yes, indeed. That is an early shout, Kevin. We'll get to that at some point. Yeah, I, I do like that kind of school teacher wagging of the finger. No, that quiet, intimidating, aggressive. The worst thing you can say is you've let me down, you've let yourselves down, but you've let them down. That kind of thing, that no. quiet kind of, and all the players are like, oh, oh dear, you know, that kind of thing. I, I can just imagine that spiel being given out, Aiden, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I had a, a few teachers that spoke the way I was. <laughs> uh, I can surely not to you, Aidan. Not, 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 not to you, boss. Not to me. It was other people. Surely you were conscientious, Aidan. Me, but they, I was um, thinking they wouldn't dare, Tony. They wouldn't dare. <laughs> no, of course not. Uh, but I, I think the just the players will have a bit of a extra incentive to go out there mm-hmm. and put on more of a dominant performance. Where that is for the more bodies in the box. I mean, we did see from obviously the goal that Kyogo scored. When the crossing and the decision-making from the forwards slash the players who are in the box is spot on, it's mm-hmm. an effective method So because it was a very well-taken goal. So hopefully there will be more of an incentive for the for the players to do that. Sean, it's funny because we've spoken about that before. We've always been advocates of Ralston and Giacomacchus because they always seem to have that whenever uh, Ralston was firing a ball, ball over at that Giacomacchus. Yeah. They always seem to be in the right position because he, mm-hmm. he knew to get it in that area and stuff. We, we've talked about that and I that that kind of second unit almost yeah. of the Ralston Abada Yakimakis yeah. axis and all that. I I think it's I think all three are, are very good together. I suppose we'll come to the selection quandaries, but if Ralston's fit, I suspect two of them will start and the other one won't. Um, and the other one being Yakimakis for me. I don't know if any of you disagree. Do you think it's time? Well, nah, I think I think still probably Kyogo. Just the fact that he did get his goal the other night, and that, I thought mm-hmm. I thought he was okay. It was a bit of an improved performance. I know. We mentioned that sometimes maybe decision making for a few of the crosses he went the wrong way, etc. But mm-hmm. I would still have Kyogo, nothing to do with any of the sort of other stuff with Yakimakis, just based off. I thought he was a, a bit of an improved performance from Kyogo the other night. And the manager still praised him, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that uh, you know he missed a chance, but he did talk about the fact that he got in there for his goal, and I think that's what he wanted to see more of, to be mm-hmm. fair, you know. And and, and Yakimakis does. There's a, a vortex surrounding Jackamakis at the minute, isn't there? Well, what 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 what's in an emoji, Tony? What's in an emoji? Because uh, yeah. you've got Steve McGrory coming in here saying, "What did you guys think about Jackamakis' uh, Instagram post?" Which is obviously a, a, a kind of story post, and it was him coming on. The picture was him coming on as a sub, and then it was a wee sand timer and different things. Now, I don't read too much into these things. Um, don't know. I, what do you think, Aiden? Would you think? I would usually tend to not try and read too much into something like this if there hadn't been any sort of, you know, Mm. I don't want to say links away, that's not the right way to describe it, but rumours were something about changing agents and that or other stuff. If it was just a random thing about there'd be no other stories and uh, he'd be maybe just a wee bit frustrated with not getting game time. Obviously, the fact there is a slight wee bit of background in terms of links to a variety of things. The fact that uh, this then happens, 
maybe it doesn't really mean that much and he's just hoping that it's counting down to him getting long more minutes on the field, but it just seems a wee bit a wee bit weird. It was a sort of like, you know, classic like personal trainer post. Like a real <laughs> a big inspirational countdown, do you know what I mean? They fire up something with a really bizarre emoji, but I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to read into it. Obviously, immediately you see online, it's understandable that people are sort of looking a lot into it, or does this mean he's unhappy with the man, etc.? Does this mean he's frustrated with his position in the squad? But that's not information that we're privy to, do you know what I mean? It's purely speculation. Do you reckon, Tony, as someone like, I don't use Instagram much myself either, to be honest. So it's somebody that doesn't necessarily use it that much. Do you think that's a, a wee dig, or are you just, well... It's just a picture. If, if it was an issue, he probably wouldn't have posted that, that kind of thing. Do you know what? Dig or not, do you think it's going to register an Ange Poster Coggles Richter scale? Did you <laughs> strike you like an Instagram man? Do you think he cares? Uh, I suppose we'll see with the squad tomorrow then. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I just think that no player will dictate any kind of policy via any form of no, social I, media. You know, so I, I just don't think the manager will... will the care a jot about no, that no. to be honest i don't know what jack and max up to and you got a, a wee uh, insight into how the manager feels about social media when he answered the question about scott robertson eh well i, I mean that was that was an actual interview with the papers i think but i um yeah i was, yeah. The, was the best pleased wasn't yeah, it? yeah running to to media doing things via media, any form of media. So, I think uh, the, the, it was the fact that I, th- I think, uh, well, this is the way it came across to me anyway, that the way the question was put to him was uh, Scott Robertson was in yeah. an interview or whatever the other day saying he thinks probably his time at Celtic's up. I think it was that part where they've obviously yes. not had that conversation. Yes. And as Poster Cogger's response was like, well, first of all, I don't think Scott should be going to talk about his future with the papers. Like, basically, the implication there being before he talks about it with me, like that yes. kind of thing. Um, so I think and it's fair enough, but I the Jackamarcus thing. I mean, I I mentioned the NBA and all that yesterday. I'm going to mention that again today. But uh that is very much a personality-driven sport, basketball, yes. right? And you get superstars and stuff using social media for we we snide comments all the time and things, and people blow it out of proportion and they dive into it. What does it mean? All that kind of stuff. I don't want necessarily football to get like that. Um, and I don't think that I don't really think that was. I think it was yeah. just uh, cryptic or not. I don't think Angel care. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you, and you will find out in the fullness of time. And whatever, whatever game George's Jack and Marcus is playing, I think he's playing then fine. You know, it's he, he got eight minutes the other night. Will they get more minutes against St Johnston? We'll find out soon enough, won't we? Nah, he likes St Johnston, likes playing St Johnston, doesn't he? He does actually likes a goal against St Johnston as well, doesn't he? Yeah, I think it's the last time, I should say, against St Johnston. Hey, no spoiler alerts, Aiden, no spoiler alerts. Just, you know, I'm just saying. That I might, might not be a wee hint at his late goal ranking there, guys. Yeah, um, I was just thinking that, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's that's high up the charts, isn't it? To be it's, fair, like one it's, it's in there, it's definitely in there. I know it's in there because there's a picture <laughs> of it. it playing it coy, it's definitely one of the 16. <laughs> um... I St Johnston are actually on a really good run of form um, yeah. at the moment. That said, obviously the caveat with everything is, is Parkhead's a different a different kettle of fish entirely. But they're on a good run of form. Four wins and two draws in the last six games, including obviously beating Rangers two one at McDermott Park. Um, however, and this is where I always think, well, unless you're keeping the door bolted at the back, Celtic will get through. They've only mm-hmm. kept a clean sheet once in that winning run or that unbeaten run, so I always see that as a positive. For Celtic, yeah. if a club is on a good run of form, if they're not keeping 
clean sheets, then Celtic are going to score is the way I look at it. And if Celtic score, there's a good chance that Celtic are going to be well three points. That's that's just, I think, a rational way to look at it. Um, is that in scoring, general, from, is that scoring from flooding, flooding the box, Sean? Is it? Is uh, potentially, aye. Potentially, <laughs> aye. Um, so, I in general, they're on a seven-game winning streak against St Johnston uh, in all competitions in home or away. Uh, and unbeaten since May 2016. But as always with Celtic, see when you get a wee, when you put a wee run together, inevitably at some point you give what you give a team a scudding, right? If there's a if there's an unbeaten streak here. So the aggregate score is 21-3 in Celtic's favour. Okay. Which I don't think you'd even be surprised about because there's been a seven to hun in there and all that. But um but at Parkhead, it's only a four game winning streak. Now I say only because mm-hmm. it was a draw that inter that kind of interrupted it. Uh, but it's actually 13 games unbeaten, and that's since March 2015. So take from that what you will. But I think that in conjunction with, albeit it's an unbeaten run they're on, but they're not keeping clean sheets. To me, when we come to the when we come to the predicted scores, you'll see what that's done to my psyche for it. So, <laughs> Aidan, Sean mentioned the word scudding. Do you see another information? <laughs> like coming up the border for uh, for the Saints. I would really hit them for seven recently. I wouldn't mind that as a wee uh, early Christmas present, to be honest, Tony. But, uh, yeah, that game, uh, particularly you're referring to, obviously, last season, the 7-0 game was definitely one of the most clinical performances under Ange, but one of the most overall dominant as well. Even though they scored seven in that game, there was lots of chances. I mean, if there was going to be a match last season, you were going to hit double digits. It, it was probably been that one because it was constant. And I think uh, if you were to get something similar tomorrow, that would be absolutely brilliant. But once again, I think the manager will just be looking for a bit of a more improved performance. Maybe you don't necessarily need to be seven goals, but a few goals and a, a bit more clinical, a bit more dominant, I think you'll be quite happy. I mean, the, the irony here, Sean, is that the two games that Celtic have played since they came back, they've been very dominant. Aye. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in terms of possession and, and the ball, just been a bit profligate in terms of chances which has been a kind of running yeah, theme, right. hasn't it? You know, mm-hmm. in Europe as well. And, you know, I wrote the piece about we don't want that to affect the, the domestic scene. You know, but there's, there's just the murmurings of discontent among supporters as well, isn't there? That, mm-hmm. you know, there will come a day when they don't score, like Aidan mentioned at St Marin or something like that, or that they have the bad day at the office. And Aye. I mean, the European, you're right to call it the European affliction because apart from St Marin, even though they have... yeah. Still kind of been wasteful in times and, and creativity's maybe not been quite up there. Uh, in the league, they've still been winning games at 16 from 17. Yeah. But European-wise, it did cost them. And you're probably right that at some point, if this continues, this trend, then it probably will cost them points again in the league. The hope is, obviously, that it comes at a time where it's maybe, if it does cost them points, it's minimal risk or minimal damage. Yeah. So, for instance, not January the 2nd, right away. <laughs> like, yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but then it just could easily... Start reversing. They might start have gone through a wee clinical phase as well. Yeah. Uh, ideally, starting January second as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> or tomorrow. Uh-huh. Uh, but and the thing about it is as well, it's and I get that it's it's hard to play against teams Aiden that we'll call it for one of a better expression. Part the bus, or have no intention of playing. Aberdeen part the bus. Uh-huh. Livingston part the bus. Surprisingly, Livingston actually scored with one of the rare is up the park, but again, it's it's hard to break that down constantly, isn't it? And play that kind of football going across side to side. You know, we, we, Celtic have enough player players in there that you trust 
that they will break it down, but there are, as I say, going to be days when it's, you know, it just doesn't go your way, the ball doesn't fall for you, you know, you just can't put it in the net. And But it's becoming more and more prevalent that teams have no intention of playing Celtic, especially, I mean, well, I say especially at Celtic Park, but especially when they're at home as well, as Aberdeen showed last week. Yeah, I mean, particularly at home, it's uh, been a bit of a regular fixture so when Celtic have been coming up against these teams. It's probably happened longer, but the first time I remember seeing it happen regularly was under Brendan Rodgers, just in terms of teams parking the bus. Well, I understand why a lot of them do it, but mm. I, I like to think Celtic will have the quality to break it down in terms of like just moving the ball quickly, you know, being able to just open up space, which is what you need to do. And ideally, if you get one or two goals relatively early, that then allows the game to become a wee bit more open. But I think in terms of Ange, since he's came in, he's came up against that quite a few times. And I know there was some games at the start of last season that was a wee bit of a struggle. I think at home to Livingston is probably a decent example of that, despite them obviously getting a penalty near the end, which they missed. But I think overall, it is something Celtic have did okay against. I mean, this season, like Sean was rhyming off the stats there, 16 out of 17 games have won. A good chunk of those games, I may not be able to remember all of them in exact of detail but a good chunk of those games the opposition will have parked the bus probably for the majority of the match yeah it's not unfair to say and they got there in the end yeah it can sometimes lead to not always the most satisfying games but i've got plenty of confidence that the players out there on the pitch have got enough quality to break it down tony sean do you agree with that michael ross's comment there Aye, it was ever thus, I suppose. Mm, yeah. as, as, I mean, how, how many years are you be saying this for, Tony? I know that obviously each manager's got their own methods to get round the buses but or through the buses, but essentially it is the, the problem that faces a Celtic manager more often than not in domestic football, which is yeah. why it's so hard to translate the st- not the style of play necessarily, but the way in which you play it to the European stage where teams yeah. won't just do that. So you won't be passing it about, you won't have that kind of... Mm within the game of rest defence where you're just kind of passing the ball about trying to probe for a place, you're actually having to properly defend a team that can attack you and coordinated attack you. Um, so I think that's that's kind of the double-edged sword of Celtic domestic versus European football because you're trying to play the same game but fundamentally a lot of the time it can't be the same game because of the opposition and it's not just the quality, it's the, the way that they yeah. go about it. Um, but no, I, I, in general I take, I take Aidan's point, I think he's right. Uh, Michael Ross coming in, mentioning the bus thing, just saying it's, it's horrible watching bus after bus every week. The thing is, occasionally a team will have a go. Um, and occasionally they'll get picked off by five or six. And that dissuades other teams from doing it. Yeah. But I would say, unless you're in a, a place where goal difference is tangibly going to relegate you or something, then why should it make a difference? If you've got a style of play, trust it, put it up against Celtic and try and learn from it if you get beat rather than mm-hmm. totally changing it like the likes of Jim Goodwin did the other day, mm-hmm. which is why Aberdeen fans are still raging about it. Um, mm-hmm. seen when they do attack, they are actually quite good. It was that Pataudry, all that kind of stuff. Now, they probably, they might have got beat anyway. They probably would have. The chant that the history tells you they probably would have. But there's that there's that aspect of the, the, the Celtic Ange Ball in Europe type thing where yes. play your own game and then if you don't win, learn why you didn't win, try and improve it for the next time because you know the discrepancy in budgets there anyway. Um, so I think that all plays into it. Speaking of Jim Goodwin, by the way, just as a wee aside, uh, did you see the, the stuff that came out this morning? Um, I, we, we bit, uh, I think the kids call it salty. I don't know if I'll, I'll read a couple out because I've, I've just pulled it up there just in case. I don't know if you've seen it, Aidan, but um, 
it was, it was that thing we were talking about the other day when Ange Postecoglou says about opposition coaches, managers, players, media, whatever, lumping Celtic Rangers together and like almost saying, you know what you expect when you go through to Glasgow rather than you know what you expect when you go to Parkhead or go to Ibrox or whatever. That kind of thing because it's two different teams, two different managers, two different sets of players, two different styles. And uh, somebody obviously asked Jim Goodwin about it and as I say, we we bit salty because uh, he said, I'm not sure why anyone would take offence to a remark like that. Uh, I think I just made the point that Celtic Rangers have dominated the league table for years. Uh, I don't know the last time anyone out with those two won the league. Is it 37 years? By the way, as an aside, as Aberdeen manager, you probably should know the last time yes. somebody won the league. Um, uh, maybe you can explain that to Ange and tell him that's what I meant. So, again, a wee bit, wee bit salty. I'll give Jim Goodwin a clue. The, the team that won the league out with Celtic Rangers all those years ago played play in red and, and, and white. And they come from up north. <laughs> yeah, uh, aye, so I don't know any thoughts on that, Aiden. I just thought it was a wee, wee bit salty, a wee bit. Wee bit yeah, it just seems somebody who's a bit frustrated at the last two games aye, in terms aye. of the results in general. And no wonder after the way Aberdeen defended against Rangers in the last few minutes. But I, I think, aye, aye. I, I think, uh, I, I cannot. I was going to say I can actually understand why he's, he's maybe just a bit annoyed that we getting a question like that because. But to be honest, Ange was right in what he was saying because some of the comments from other opposition managers, players, people in the media, etc., that has become a bit of a, a general thing. I've only really noticed it the last couple of seasons, but I'm sure it's probably went on a bit longer. Just sort of almost having like Celtic Rangers, almost describing them as like one team at times. as a lot of justification for not really <clears throat> coming and having a go in terms of tactics. So... But yeah, he's it just he's always just frustrated the way the last couple of results have went. To be honest, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Tony, I'm just going to throw, throw this one up just as a what? just as a big question for you. Um, well, two things. I'm going to put this one up first. I don't think it is actually Elon Musk tuning in, but uh, we need a convincing win before the derby to get the confidence back. The players seem a bit unsure just now. Do you agree with that, Tony? There's two games to do that. If so, I, I'm not. Saying that the players seem seem unsure, I, I just think the the lack of goals, you know, because normally they're used to playing slick football and scoring goals, and you know, as I say, that they've been very dominant. Well, certainly dominant in the first half against Livingston, mm-hmm. and dominant for the, the whole game against Aberdeen. You know, I I don't know if that would knock their confidence in any shape or form. I think the manager knows that that dominance should have led to more goals. Mm-hmm. And he's, and he's no uncertain terms as he's probably laid down the law on that and said to the players, because uh-huh. I, I don't think those players are unsure about anything because they know the manager said they know what to do. They're mm-hmm. well drilled, they're well organised, they're well disciplined. Everybody knows their job when they come into the team. And I didn't seem unsure coming in from the cold against no. against Aberdeen and then the other night, did he? He was a start on in both games, so. You know, these are guys that know exactly what their role is in the team, whether they're coming off the bench to make an impact or whether they're starting. So I, I, I don't take issue with it. It's mm-hmm. your man Elon Musk's opinion, but I, I wouldn't say that the players are unsure of what of what to do. To I, I, I see where he's coming from, definitely. Obviously, a yeah. convincing win does get the, the, the kind of creative juices flowing, all that kind of stuff. If you're feeling it, you're feeling it. But at the same time, I'm almost looking at it and again, I might be searching for a silver lining with the, the kind of wastefulness, but I'm almost, you'd rather it happened against Livingston in a 2-1-1 than yeah. it happens in January the 2nd and you've got two games here to get the response that Ange Postecoglou's yeah. wanting, which in turn 
might lead to a convincing big win that, that, that the commenter's talking about. But even if it doesn't, we'll give them that boot up the backside that potentially they need ahead of January the 2nd anyway, if they even needed it. Yeah, and also as well, you, we touched upon it the other day, players are playing to play. Mm-hmm. In the January the 2nd game, that's the game they all want to be part of, Aidan. So if ever there was a time to go and impress the managers, it's the next two games, isn't it? And go and get a convincing one and tell the manager, can he leave me out for Ibrox? I mean, it's... It's a no-brainer for me if you're if you're a player, you know, and, and and the manager very rarely speaks like that about his team, does he? He's never thrown them under the bus. But there was a wee warning shot over the bow the other night, Aidan, that what was what's been what was served up, certainly the second half against Livingston or over the 90 minutes he thought about Livingston because he said the performance wasn't acceptable. And I'm sure he would have told him that. Yeah, exactly. He was just getting across that he wasn't happy without publicly slotting the players too much, which I think probably an effective way to sort of deal with it in the media space like that. I don't think you really get anything from going through the players. Plus, they did win at the end of the day. If they lost or something, if they lost, I still wouldn't personally agree with them You know, going right through. It's not the way I understand. They definitely wouldn't have done it if they lost, I don't think. No, the loss would have been enough, I think. It would have been if he did, it would have been behind closed doors. I agree with you. I don't think he'd have done it publicly. It, it, it's just, uh, and uh, it's just not really been Andrew's style since he came here. I mean, just even think back to his comments after the St. Mon game, uh, which I always feel I refer to quite a lot, even though it's the only league defeat this year. But just is to use it as a just example for domestic stuff because Celtic have been so good uh, domestically this season. I think. His comments after that, he obviously acknowledged that the performance, the result, you know, wasn't good enough, but he wasn't, you know, publicly going after any individual players or anything like that. So I think sort of the way he dealt with it was fine in terms of obviously playing, players playing to get in the team for January 2nd. I'm, I'm sure that probably is the case, even if they'll not admit that publicly, or I'm sure the manager won't because he'll just talk about every individual game. But it's natural that maybe going to think ahead to that. It's such an important game. If Celtic go into that match nine points clear and they were to either win or avoid defeat, you're in a really, really good position going forward. So I'm sure all the pros all want to be a part of that. It's such an important game. So, yeah, it, it, things are. I, I know I've seen a few comments there saying the team are nine points clear and that, you know, important mm-hmm. to be confident in that. And I do I understand that. It's probably just, I just naturally always assume the worst is going to happen. So, that's why I'll be like, you know, they need to just not get too carried away. But look, they are in a strong position domestically. Nobody's nobody's going to argue that. But just hopefully the, the performances can maybe just ramp up a wee bit. Sean, you start a, a comment from Steve McGrory here, which is something I touched on yesterday, if you want to uh, Jota? Yes. Aye. Uh, this might be... I'll, I'll give you one spoiler alert in my team, and Jota's not in it. Uh, well, It'll be interesting, Steve says, to see if Jota starts tomorrow. He says, love him, but he's not been great the last couple of games, which is exactly what Tony said yesterday. Uh, Steve thinks it's too much showboating on Wednesday night. I don't know if it was any more showboating than usual, but it didn't come with any product, which I think maybe sticks yeah. in people's mind, Tony. Uh, yours included. Yeah, and the, and the thing about, I said the other night, he had to beat him, Nicky Devlin, yep. but didn't do it often enough. And when he did do it... Uh, I'm not too sure showboating per se, but he, he had no finished product, which is which is no use beating a man and then not, you know, having an end product to go with it or or being a team player and playing guys in. You know, he can beat guys for fun, Jota. He knows he can do that. 
So when he has a beating of somebody, he has to make sure that there's a you know product at the end of that, in, in my opinion. And the last couple of games, I did say that the Aberdeen game, I, I missed that exact same point. I'm on the same wavelength as Steve as well on that, that you know, just because you... And, I, and I'd say that there's no stars, but I said personality players. Personality alone isn't going to cut it in that team. You have to produce. You can't just be, oh, he plays because he's Jota. Jota has to play because he's bringing his bag of tricks to the table, but with an end product and Celtic are winning with a style of flaring up a Nash that you turn in and say he's an important cog in that machine. You know, we can't drop him. But on the last two performances, I'm like you, Sean. I, I, I don't think he'll, he'll feature in my team tomorrow. Just to freshen it up and just, uh, as the manager said, there'll be changes. And I think those kind of comments were aimed at possibly guys like Jota, possibly even Matt O'Reilly, who we think the world of. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know about Kyogo. Uh, I think he'll probably... I'm looking forward to these predicted elements. I think they might be wildly different from each other. For, yes, for uh, you know, but I just think, as I say, there's a warning shot over the bow to guys there ain't no comfort zone here. If you think you can serve that up, and I mentioned that yesterday, you know, you know, no, you won't, because I've I've got a team here, and I've got, you know, I've got a squad of players who are just as capable of coming in and taking your place and performing mm-hmm. as Abada has shown uh, from Petardry, the second half of Petardry onwards. Aiden. Yeah, I think in terms of the team tomorrow, once again, without uh, going too much into it. I think there is a chance that maybe Jota might not play because he has maybe been a wee bit off at the last two games. We know he's quality, but like you said, Tony, it's not all just about personality getting getting into the team. It's about consistency. Mm-hmm. Abada, you know, he's undroppable right now. His contributions the last two games have been superb. Even in the Aberdeen game, as we discussed, he didn't score, but he was excellent. He really should have probably got one or two assists with the quality across he was putting in. So Abada will be in, and I think Haxabanovic as well could could, could start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Jota is he's going to have a massive role to play between now and the end of the season. There's no doubt in that. But I, I don't think he could feel too hard done by based off the last two games. If he maybe did start on the bench, to be honest. Yeah. Right back to the one that there's a few comments about because we still don't know the situation with Anthony Alston, uh, and I kind of touched on it yesterday. Yeah. <clears throat> but if Stephen Welsh is fit, I'd imagine it'll probably be him because he has played right back before, albeit not for a while, but not properly for a while. Filled in in that Scottish Cup semi, but. Um, and I, I said this yesterday as well that if Welsh is still out and Ralston's out, obviously after Johnston can't play, Juranovic isn't ready yet. I would like to see a, a B team right back be given the chance, whether it's Ben McPherson or, or Josh Deedy. Um, aye, I, I, I just I think if not, when people are injured and there's nobody else, then when are they going to get a shot? Uh, not just for right back, just in general as well. But so that, that's that's something I would say. I, I suspect Ralston probably will make it to be honest, but um. But without knowing for sure, that's something that's sticking in the back of my mind. That if, if there's no other right backs, I'm I'm wanting to see a young player get a, get another. So that that would be a mirror image of Joey Dawson coming in. Yeah, Boxing Day, wouldn't it? You, you yeah. he needs needs must. He kind of went with a striker, didn't he, and brought yeah. young Joey Dawson in. So yeah, I mean it's fair comment. I I still expect Ralston to be. He'd be fine, to be fair, to be fit. I mean, he took like three different knocks in yeah, Wednesday because he was ready to go off at first, and as I say, then rattled in that uh, that low drive and then winced because it had obviously hurt him. Uh, he took another knock. Was it to was it to his head? No, no, I can't remember. He took another knock and then obviously went off with one on his back as well. So he took like three different knocks. Um, I think he had to be saved from himself, Aidan, because I think he would have powered through it. 
And uh, yeah, I think, I think the, the medics have said to him, look, just come off. You know what I mean? It's, you know, that's... that's just, right just, they just come off. I've got Greg Taylor to play right back. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Is it, to be fair, if he stood on and he was maybe moving a wee bit gingerly, that could have maybe led to him being slightly out of position or getting beat for a chance that could have led to a goal. So it was the right decision to take him off. We know how sort of like a hard the guy is. Ho- hopefully, hopefully he'll be okay. Fingers crossed. Uh, I'm going to put a couple up here. One, one that's uh, <clears throat> just because it made me laugh. It's actually quite cheeky about Jim Goodwin, right enough. But Alan Wood says, "Remember when Goodwin was a baldy thug footballer? Now he is a silver fox milk tray man." <laughs> <laughs> I hope my transformation is in the post, Alan. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, after that, we've got Beach Boys Tony. I'm going to throw a one to you. He says managers are not interested in entertaining Celtic fans. This is obviously in response to the, the part in the bus and the, the tactics and stuff. It's about points. Even one now one nil down, teams are still in the game. Teams can't play their own game against Celtic. They have the ball against other teams. Now that last part, Tony, I mentioned the other day. In the last two seasons, as in last season as a totality, and this season to date, outside of Celtic and Rangers, only two teams do have the ball more than they don't, and it was uh, Hibs and then Aberdeen. So Aberdeen are the exact example yeah. for ditching what you're used to because you're frightened, basically. Yeah. Uh, I, do you disagree? I, I mean, I, I know teams. I, I know yeah. teams aren't out to entertain and they would want to hang in there for as long as they can. But you no, know, it's I, I. I get to it. They they probably don't expect to get any points of Celtic, do they? Mm. Whenever they play them, at home or away. So, uh, well, where's the difference in having a go and playing yeah. playing their brand of football and not adapting to what Celtic do? I mean, Angie said he's got a brand of football and he plays it every week yeah. and they stick to it rigidly yeah, and and that's fine and you, you can reap rewards from that. It can be successful. So why why do managers um, feel the need to you know, abandon everything else that they do? Because Aberdeen won six out of seven before. Celtic played them at Pataudry. At Pataudry, aye, 6 out of 7, yeah. 9 out of 10 in, and, in all and competitions he, and, and just totally ditched what they were used to. Right? And then he did something that Anne said he couldn't ask his players to do when it came to like Europe. Oh. He said, I can't ask them to ditch all that, you know, everything that I've taught them. And I, and I think there's a, a bit of that with Scottish football managers. Yeah. I think there's a bit of fear of getting a hiding. Nah. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what Beach Boys is saying here. Aberdeen need the ball at their feet. And as I say, they are one of only two other clubs outside Celtic Rangers to actually have the ball more than they don't. But my point is, they ditched it. They never got outplayed. They totally just ditched it. And I can see where Beach Boys is coming from, but I think that makes it worse. This isn't Livingston we're talking about, where that's actually the way they play anyway. Livingston actually probably are better suited. That's maybe why they're doing all bad against Celtic, all things considered. Because uh, they don't necessarily change that much. They maybe go a wee bit more defensive, but they're a defensive team anyway. Uh, but with Aberdeen, it was simply a total abandonment of any sort of game plan beyond sit on the 18-yard line and, and hoof it up into the North Sea, basically. But, um, aye, so. Fair enough. And, and I get where Beach Boys is coming from as well. And, mm. you know, I kind of, I like to think I understand some things about football. Kind <laughs> of. So, you know, been around for a wee while, but hey, there you go. <laughs> Again, I guess that's another 
question that's up for debate, Sean, or argument or discussion. <laughs> <laughs> it's My not God. a debate, Tony. It's just fact. It's not a debate. <laughs> My um, knowledge of football. We've got a, a nice, light-hearted comment here. We're not. We're wrapping up shortly. We've forty yeah. minutes already, to be honest. But uh, Robert Gibson, Aiden, what's Santa bringing? <laughs> I got a free jersey. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Actually, that saved up that one there. I seen the comment earlier on. So. <laughs> he's not daft. He's not daft yeah. as a reading. Nah, they don't call um, him for nothing, do they? You know? uh, I heard he was bringing you a wee copy of uh, Going to Gaze a Lift Over the Turnstile, mister. But, uh, uh, we've got another couple of comments here before we get to our score predictions. Um, I can't actually find the one, but it was about a badder, which Aidan, you brought to our attention earlier on. Um, there is a link for uh, yes. Abada that an English Premier League team is monitoring. Did it, did it name them? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I believe it was Southampton. Uh, uh, okay. It was potential interest. Previous. Yeah. Previous for taking Celtic players. Nah, yeah. uh, you were talking about Celtic. You could do a whole podcast on Celtic transfers with Southampton. Uh, Very much mostly a one-way street there. But, uh, yeah, it was... Obviously, with Abada's contract situation, he signed a, a five-year deal, as, as far as I believe. So, hopefully, eh, hopefully, he's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. We know how important. I feel like I always say the same things in those transfer links, but we know how important a player he is. It's not somebody you want to lose. Celtic should be in a, a strong negotiating position where that's maybe them wanting to extend Abada's deal. Or I think we're quite happy sitting with what it is right now because he's still got a. Three, three and a bit years left or whatever. Twenty twenty six, eh? He's one of the ones which. Um, <clears throat> so, they've still got a, a good chunk of time, but regardless, they should be in a good position. But yeah, it's of course it's he's obviously just came back after this break, been absolutely brilliant, probably one of the most, or if not the most effective player in the first two games back, and you start to see links like that. But I guess when it's coming towards January, isn't it? There's always going to be a wee things flying about. Tony, the mind the box ticking thing I like to try and do yeah, if it's yeah, transfer yeah. links and all that, and I don't mean to try and assess if it's true or not because to be honest, that much not that it doesn't matter, but it almost doesn't matter for us because we're just discussing it in the abstract, does it one make sense, two are you surprised, that kind of thing, rather than this link is firmed up, that kind of thing, that's a different matter, but with Abada similar to O'Reilly, he ticks a lot of boxes, age, contract status in terms of he's, he's still down for a few years so Celtic can ask for more he starts, he's underlying stats. The only thing for an English Premier League club who doesn't tick is the homegrown thing that Matt O'Reilly yeah. tits. Um, yeah. Abada, just at the age he's at and, and everything else, he will go for good money if he continues in this rate. There's no getting away from that. He starts, I mean, when we do the power rankings, he, in, invariably he is near the bottom. But that is because of the inconsistency rather than the talent or the, the quality because the quality and the talent are there. It's just the consistency aspect of it. Well, when he brings it together like the other night, he got a nine from me the other night because yes. he, was, he was head and shoulders above anything else on the park the other night by a country mile. And But those kind of performances from a bad are too infrequent, aren't they? He, he's never had like a run of say, five or six games where he's played like that. It's always fits and starts, isn't it? You know, just when you think he, he, uh, you know, he maybe needs a spell out, he scores two against Rangers, things like that. Well, exactly, aye. That kind aye. of stuff, you know, which elevate them again. Would you, you know, imagine there's anything in the headline that Borna Barisic is burnt out after a, a sub-appearance at a World Cup? Is <laughs> anything to do with the fact that Leila Bada's hitting form, no? 
<laughs> Couldn't possibly uh, comment on that. Oh, I don't know. That's, that's tongue fumbling and cheek here. But <laughs> um, in terms of, like, I, I, pulled, I pulled a few stats when you mentioned the Abada thingy, and that's why I was slightly late as well. Um, now, everybody knows how good a goal scorer he is for being a winger, right? 24 goals um, already with Celtic. Could have been 25 the other night if it never got ruled out. He's also got 12 assists, though. And as I always do, I look at the minutes played rather than the games played because sometimes he gets taken off, sometimes he's a sub. For instance, that 45 minutes against Aberdeen, that kind of thing. So he's got 24 goals and 12 assists. So 36 goals, I nearly got that wrong. 36 goals, contribution, and 52 full 90 minutes, which for a 21-year-old is in a new country as well from last season, hit the ground running. Superb, statistically. A winger, exactly. A winger who could, as we've pointed out numerous times since Kyogo's first injury spell, could play as a centre-forward. Alan Morrison, actually, when he was talking about uh, shot quality and stuff the other week, he kind of likened Leila Bada's profile to someone who he he foresees could eventually end up a centre-forward if he kind of adapts his game slightly, maybe not bulks up, but do you know what I mean? Like Maybe when he matures fully and all that kind of stuff. But even his underlying stats... When you look at per 90 things, like goal, goal contributions per 90, Jota's, you would automatically think Jota is the gold standard in Scottish football. There is no winger who, remember I said at the tail end of last season, he's, he's go, he was going to be the only guy in the league with a double-double. Yeah. Double figures for goals, double figures with assists. He's going to do it again this year, I'm convinced of it, um, in all competitions. Uh, but his, his per 90 goal contributions since he came to Celtic, right, so that last season and this season and remember this is Jota who is wildly consistent top three in the power rankings all that kind of stuff has a 0.74 per 90 so that's either a goal or an assist right 0.74 so almost one a game Abada is 0.69 that's that's that away from it yeah. so people will be looking at that scouting reports all these big clubs age contract status all these underlying stats, his actual stats, I'm not surprised he's getting linked to English Premier League clubs. In fact, I'm surprised it's, it's taken this long before it's kind of reared its head again. Whether it's true or not is a different matter and I don't think for a minute he's going, but I'm not surprised about it. Aidan, what we need is a badder to cross it into himself. Aye, <laughs> yeah. if he could just yeah. cross it and then somehow get on the end of it, that yeah, would be exactly. That would, that would be a complete player, wouldn't it? Just in terms of a badder, Sean mentioned it there, in terms of his age is... Worth pointing out. I mean, he came to Celtic, he was 19. Still 19, aye. When he signed you, not, then not long after he turned 20. A new player who, I think it was only really the season before in Israel that he'd actually been playing regular football for the first time. That was his sort of first full season he played before he came to Celtic. It wasn't like it was, I know you get young players, but by the time they're 19, 20, they've maybe completed three or four seasons or whatever. That wasn't really the case with him. Mm-hmm. Come over, new country, etc. He, he's been excellent. And right at that, I always go back to it, but, you know, when he first came in under Ange and Celtic were struggling a bit for players, he was one of the main guys in terms of his contribution. I think he scored the first goal, competitive goal of the Ange. Mitchelland, was it? Mitchelland, aye. Yeah, so, and he's he's kicked on since then. His stats last year were excellent. Yeah, he did dip in and out at times, but his overall stats were much more than probably anybody was expecting him to contribute at the start of the season. The manager mentioned himself that, he'd played a lot more just because of the, the player situation due to injuries and uh, the squad at the time, etc. And then this year, these numbers have been really good as well. Obviously, you always remember big moments against Rangers and that, of course, he's three goals against them now, I think, including, obviously, the, the one when he nicked in front of Barris. Uh, but, yeah, he, he's, been a, he's been a brilliant signing, Abad, and 
you know, hopefully he can stay at the club as long as possible because he's a brilliant player to have, whether that's somebody that can start the other night and contribute or come off the bench like he did against Aberdeen. The next step for him, Tony, would be, and this is obviously me being presumptuous, would be translating some of the form into the Champions League because I did think he kind of yeah. struggled. I know a lot of players yeah. you could level that at. Well, maybe not a lot of players because I actually think Celtic played relatively well in a lot of these games, just never took the chances. But I think Abada... It just wasn't quite there from the Champions League this year, so I think that's his next. That's his next step is to to make vital contributions in the Champions League, like it does in, in the league. Like Aiden, that's what she's an impetuosity of youth. Sometimes, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that's how you get with uh, with younger footballers. The inconsistency mm-hmm. of youth and all that. That's yeah. I still blame that for our power rankings because yeah. that this is this is a, the benefit and the drawback of the way that we do the power rankings because it's it's obviously our detailed player ratings. Uh, mostly yours, sometimes mine. Aiden's done them once or twice, but ultimately it is subjective. That it's obviously it's basically the eye test player of the mm-hmm. season. That, that's what I keep calling yeah. it from last year. But the benefit of doing it game by game rather than waiting until after a chunk of games and then just picking mm-hmm. the best ten players is that you can't fool yourself. You can't manufacture it if you don't yeah. think he played well in a game. You can't say that he played well like that kind of thing. And with Abada, that's what, when I'm looking at it on the spreadsheet, that's what tends to come up. It's like 44455, 888, 44455, like that kind of thing. And it might be because it's a sub appearance. It might be like the Champions League games where he just didn't play well or he missed yeah. a big chance, didn't play well, that kind of thing. Um, by the way, as an aside, just, just in case anybody asked, I know they've not, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, the goal contributions per 90 thing, I also looked up the strikers while I was at it. And since they both arrived... Georgios Yakimakis is 0.85 goal contributions per 90. And Kyogo Furuhashi is 0.85 goal contributions per 90. Oh, <laughs> Perfect <laughs> symmetry, although some would actually say, well, if Yakimakis is doing that without starting a lot of the time, then what would he do when he starts? So, Why well, I think our contributions on this are up there. You know I, mean? <laughs> I don't know what that oh, would be. Oh, shucks. <laughs> I don't know what that would be in terms of... Uh, XG and all that because I don't deal in XG I deal in reality but I think uh, <laughs> we've had a, a good year guys in terms of I'm uh, going to see see that well. comment to Alan Morrison see what he says <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed that would be funny uh, good to see him work that out but yeah it's been <laughs> a wonderful year guys I've enjoyed it it's been terrific doing the broadcast with you the, the daily briefings Hope oh, oh, you guys oh, have enjoyed oh, it well. Oh, John Hill's got his there. We've oh. not done a score prediction yet. Yep, yep. Well, for Ibrox, he's saying for Ibrox. Oh, for Ibrox, sorry. Aye, right. I never realised the Ibrox was there. Uh, we'll do that. We'll, we'll be honest. Okay. Right. I'm going to bow to the goat here and let the goat go first. Aiden, you, you give us your you, scoreline you, prediction. Leading your fifth, Aiden, you Hey, uh, no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be predicting the game at Ibrox. I should uh, say, but for the game uh, against Johnson uh, tomorrow, I will go three 0 Three 0 I'll go for. Well, I'm I'm going four 0 uh, Tony. So I know what you're going. <laughs> I'm not going to go five. You stole my thunder with four 0 so I'll need to I'll need to pick something else. Uh, I'll say three one then. You wanted to go five, I can. I want to go five. Uh, Aye, we've got plenty coming in. Paul Martin saying 4 0, same as me, must be something in the name. Uh, I he also said 3 1. Aye, plenty coming in. Uh, there's a few comments coming in, Tony, just asking. Um, well, first of all, I forgot, I'm going to put this up. Kevin Ferrier, uh, here, guys, give uh, Murdo McLeod thoughts and prayers to yes. him and his family because uh, I don't know if you've seen, but he's. he's 
back home Christmas and stuff. He's spent, I think, over 100 days in hospital this year after complications with a heart operation. So, very much so. Echo Kevin's sentiments here, thoughts and prayers with Murdo yeah. McLeodon's family, aye? Yeah, former, yeah definitely. Former columnist, I used to go straight Murdo's column, we got close. So, yeah, that's uh, nice. a wonderful man. Uh, great, great Celtic uh, player as well. And, yeah, wish him and his family all the best. He's a, he's a top block as well. Uh, I've also got this comment from David Griffiths said his grandson is going to the game tomorrow with the Cano Foundation. Ah, he's very excited, Mona Hoop. So I think your grandson's going to love it. David, you need to let us know how he gets on, but I'm sure he'll love it because by all accounts, if you watch that Cano Foundation interview, they've got it where it's it's worth a day out, it sounds, in it, Tony. Yeah, please do, David. Let him come back on and let us know how he gets on. Uh, that's something to look forward to. What a treat that'll be for the young guy, uh, the young boy. So excellent. Really, yeah. I, that's delighted. Huh? Obviously, people conscious of the fact that it's Christmas Eve tomorrow. It's a Saturday, so we won't be on. Uh, B's wishing us a, a, a happy Christmas or a happy Christmas, as he says. And uh, thanks for all the infotainment this year. Appreciate that. Appreciate that comment, yeah. especially the info part. Um, we're not yeah. just entertainers, Tony Aiden. Uh, but Alan Woods is saying, when are you guys on the Celtic be back on Tuesday? Tuesday the twenty seventh, we'll be back on. I'm working. Well, we're all working. No, actually, Aidan, no, you're off tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, off tomorrow. Come on. Come on, Aidan. Me and you are working tomorrow. Ah, ah, team supporter. Me and you are working tomorrow, Tony. Yeah. Uh, we're both off Christmas Day. I'm on Boxing Day, and we're all back on the 27th. Um, so we'll be back on here on the 27th, I so, so set a, set a wee reminder for that. Indeed. And uh, we'll just draw your attention to... Secretary, one more time before we go, it's the Merry Christmas festive deal. You subscribe to the Celtic Way, supporting top quality journalism. You can enjoy one of two deals it's a pound for two months for full access to everything that's written on the website, or 25% off the yearly price, which takes it down to 26 quid. And all you do is hit that button www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk uk forward slash subscribe all that remains for the three of us to say to everybody on the celtic way community who joins us on a daily basis and who contributes in the comment section is we hope you have a wonderful christmas whatever you're up to with your families or whatever you're doing yep. have a great christmas hope santa's good to you all and uh, you can come back and see us on tuesday and tell us all about it I hope you all have a great Christmas. Stay safe, stay warm. We'll catch you back here on Tuesday. Yep, same to you guys. Enjoy.